too, Joe. Biting everybody. Uh, Why is he biting it's always everybody? a little dog, you know? Mm -hmm. I've never seen a dog this scared, really, seriously, in um, all the years we've been doing this. Mm -hmm. Never seen a dog this scared. Usually, we get them, you know, out of the crate. They fight it for 90 to 120 seconds. In fact, you can literally set a stopwatch by it. This is any dog. And this dog, 20 minutes, <laughs> kept fighting. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then bit PJ, bit me. <sighs> it's frustrating. Welcome to the Little Red Dog Podcast for the love of dog. I'm your host, Sean, here with the co-founder of Little Red Dog, Steve. Our beards are oiled. Our Easter shirts are on <laughs> on this Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, everybody. And uh, we've got a new guest in the house. We do. We do. Yes. Does Buster. he have a name? Buster. Buster. Okay. Buster move. Busting up your hands. Oh, my God. Biting everything in sight. Scared <laughs> to death, this poor guy. It, You know, it's the saddest thing and the most frustrating thing to see a dog that's this scared. Um. You're intense. Yeah. You're a scary guy. I, well, this poor dog's scared of everyone. We're gonna we'll fix it. It's gonna take a while though. Yeah. It's gonna take a while. This is the first one I've seen you have in the house where it's taken more than a day to kinda of calm down oh, for everyone it, to be around it. Yeah. We're gonna have to um go to stage two. So your question should be Steve. What is stage two? Well, before we get there, <laughs> shout out to Gary Ringer for letting us know that our pops were a little bit too pippity poppity. Pip did we fix it? We're gonna work on that. Oh pop pop. No, that's good. I feel pretty good. Thanks, our, thanks, Ringer. It's our third podcast. I really feel like we're nailing this now. <laughs> we are. Uh, oh, our Alex minute. Oh. Talk about our volunteer Alex. He burned his hand real bad at Starbucks yesterday, oh, and Jesus. I hope he's doing okay today. Shout out to poor Alex. I don't know what we're going to do without him. He doesn't show up on Saturday. I was going to say we need. I need a volunteer. So tell him to fix his coffee well, hand. He might be hobbled. He might be hobbled. <laughs> Can't be making coffee if you're hobbled. No one ever said you needed two hands to walk a dog. <laughs> it's true. You only need one or a waist. You can just tie it around your waist. Even. Which I've that's seen you need. do. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Let's that's, talk about walking dogs. That's, that's actually, that's probably, even though to a lot of people it's a boring topic, but it's the most important part of dog ownership. And, you know, not just in my opinion, it just is. I thought the most important part of dog ownership was that I had something that I didn't have to be alone anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, if you do the dog walk correctly then you can enjoy that aspect of dog. Ownership. But I want a dog for the gram. <laughs> I, well, you know, again, people don't understand that all dogs, Chihuahuas, Great Danes, they're 98.6% gray. Woof, woof, woof. Um, and they have the same instincts. And one of those instincts is to go out and they need to follow the alpha. Uh, and the alpha's job, in this case, the dog ownership, the dog owner of the of the. Uh, <laughs> the owner of the dog there we go the owner of the dog needs to fulfill that alpha role uh and guide the dog you know because to the dog every time it goes outside your house to the dog it's the first time in paris every time and it needs a good a good person to, you know show them the ropes show them hey we're gonna eat here tonight we're gonna have a we're gonna exchange our money over here you know what i mean but i've got a big backyard i don't have to walk my dog oh uh, yeah i hate i hate that and I've got a big house. <laughs> I live on a ranch. We've seen so many people fail at dog ownership. It's had a big house and a big yard. Those are nice to haves, but it's not necessary. The the number one thing that's that's necessary is the discipline level. Um, the 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 owner needs to understand that they have to get their biscuit outside every day, work the dog, physically, mentally, 
lead the dog in every aspect. And then, you know, to your point, Sean, that's when the good part of ownership kicks in. The dog's tired. Um, a tired dog is a good, good dog. But if I don't, if I have a big backyard, I don't have to walk my dog. You got to walk your dog. But Obviously, have, Sean's being cute. But I have but... a big backyard. <laughs> Again, it's a nice to have. Absolutely. And a dog needs to have some time off. And that's what the yard's for. You know, just free time. But, you know, not too much free time. You know, dogs are like men. You, know, you give them too much uh, free time, too much freedom, they're going to mess up. But if I work 9 to 5 and I come home and I'm tired, I don't have to walk my dog. Right? No, you still got to do it. But I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're all tired. <laughs> still got to get your biscuit out there. It's tough. Look, I, you know, not everyone should have a dog. It's, it's, not, every, it's not for everyone. Uh, and I don't say that, you know, tongue-in-cheek. I mean that. It, it's a lot of flipping work, and most people don't understand that. What do you think about services like WAG that are um, – you can have someone that's – um, who's undergone like a background check and has answered some questions about dog behavior, come to your house for a fee and walk your dog if you're unavailable. It's, you know, it's it's a great um, crutch for the dog owner, and I get it. Um, I, we utilize them. I don't, we don't use WAG necessarily, but um, it's always a good idea to find someone that can kind of help you out because it's a grind. If you have to, you know, work your dog twice a day every day for the rest of its life, it, it can be a grind. My problem with a lot of these companies is they don't do any dog behavior training with these people that, that uh, walk the dogs. And all the people that walk dogs for these companies, their heart's in the right place. It, it would just take a minimal amount of, of training. So basically what I'm saying out there is anyone that utilizes these services, just do your due diligence. Make sure that you check and, and interview these people. Make sure they understand the basics uh, of what I'm talking about, that they understand that the handler is always in charge. Um, you know, it's just for your for your safety and for the dog's safety, if that makes sense. Well, my girlfriend started using WAG um, or started walking for WAG, and she had to answer a couple questions. And one of the questions they do ask is, what comes first or what should be the priority, discipline or love? And it seems like, to some extent, they're kind of... Yeah, that's good. Kind of beating around the bush a little bit, but it was a pretty short that's survey pretty, overall. Right. And, and I can guarantee... We had that, kind of the same question on our application... But it literally says on application, love is not the answer. Um, and still, everyone writes down for that for their answer is is love is the most important thing. Yes, a dog needs affection and love, but it needs discipline. It needs exercise first, and then love and affection. And love is food, um, you know, things like that. But that's I'm glad to hear that they have that question on there. Her main complaint so far is that a lot of the dogs. Um are overly energetic and they're young and so they're pulling a lot of the time and she doesn't know how to deal with that. Well, that's that's probably you know the number one um, complaint you know of dog owners when we, when we go out and work with people that are having issues with their dogs it's it's always that they're pulling too much and sometimes it's um, a question of equipment and getting the human to understand it's about your attitude trying to get the human to understand the dog needs a leader. And, and you're, as a leader, you need to be calm and confident. That's very difficult to be confident and calm. You know, I, I can easily be confident, but I can't necessarily be calm, as you know, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> so in an ideal walk, where do you want the dog? You always want the dog next to you or behind you. And you want the dog's head either on you or straight ahead. What about the middle of the street? Because I've been having to get up early to uh, go to work around 6 in the morning, and there's a woman with two like beautiful, they look like um, sheep dogs, 
and one of them just likes to walk, I'd say, 15 feet from her in the middle of the road, and it'll just take a dump in the middle of the road and then just keep walking. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's see, just irresponsible. I see it That's almost every morning. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong, obviously, with walking your dogs in the middle of the street as long as there's no traffic. Um, you know, I do that sometimes just for space reasons. But, I mean, for Christ's sakes, you got to No, be I mean, this dog is 15, 20 feet away from Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. The dog needs to do what you, you know, the dog needs to pay attention to what you want to do. And whatever decision the handler makes, the dog has to be right there. And it's, look, it's hard. It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of training. And when I say training, it's the train, you're training the human. Dogs know what they're doing. It's the humans that, that have difficulty understanding what the dog is going through and how the dog sees the world. Well, I've only had one dog uh, that was my own, Shorty, R.I.P. Shorty. And Good when dog, I was in Shorty. Oregon uh, going to school, it was really hard um, setting aside time to walk in the morning. I had to come home at like 4 p.m. every day. And that, always, that wasn't always easy because I, I had a part-time job. I had classes. Um, it's it's really hard owning a dog when you're a single person and you have a job or um, school. It was it was really tough. So you can kind of understand why if you're you know between the ages of uh, 23 and 27, um, and you know again you maybe you are going to school, maybe you are going to school and have a job. It's a lot, right? So you can kind of understand why a lot of those people get declined, right, Sean? Yeah, I mean, I've talked before. I've got a good, um, I've got a, a good friend. He lives with his girlfriend, and they live in a small space. But they're very diligent about when they walk their dog. I mean, they have a schedule. They have a rotation. Um, they're always home at that time. They're consistent, but they put a lot of work into being there for the dog. And there's a lot of times where they have to cut activities short, or they have to be late somewhere because they're walking their dog. But that's a priority to them, like it should be. Yeah, and they're in the minority, especially it's, at that young age. It's tough. It was really, really hard having a dog on my own um, when I was in Oregon. That was tough. Yeah, I know. You had a, you, it was a tough time. And I think if you had to do it all over again, you'd say, hey, Dad, I'll pass. Well, I think that's part of the reason now why, <laughs> I mean, as much as I love hanging out with Nigel, I just I couldn't work 40 hours a week. No way. And do this and no work way. on you know my extracurriculars and have a dog. It would just be too much. We even tank. Who is pretty much a sloth half the time? That would still be difficult, huh? Yeah, but I mean, like right. you, you have a time where you're consistently walking them. I mean, you're up at seven walking them, and then you're out again at four, and you're also with them all day. Yeah, and again, I don't want to keep be- you know beating this to death, but again, it's hard enough for me to explain someone over the age of thirty-five how difficult it is and how much work it is. It's almost impossible to explain to someone younger than 27 why it's probably not a good idea and let me make this really clear there are some exceptions there are people that are very passionate about dog ownership they're passionate about learning because we've had fosters that are younger than that yes and we've had dog owners that are younger yes than that. we have and and but their knowledge of dog behavior and their passion um has been there and they put dogs you know um number one number two on their priority list um but again it's rare. And we really put people through the ringer that are younger than 27 that want to adopt a, sure. a dog. Uh, and for good reason. Look, the dogs are our clients, not the humans. And we have to make sure that when the dog is adopted into a family, that not only the dog is safe, but the family is safe. Um, we don't want anyone to get hurt. We do want things to work out. And when we do say no to people, 
um, they don't understand we're actually doing them a favor, you know. And I know that sounds silly, but it really it's true. We're saving them money. We're probably saving them uh, trips to the emergency room, both for themselves and the dog. And I, it's a hard, it's really hard to say no because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, and then you know they're going to be mad at you. Hence, hence all the bad reviews. And you do it a lot. I do it. Wait, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. And I, I know it seems like it comes naturally to me to piss people off, but I really don't want to upset people. I don't. No, I've, I've but seen I'm good you. at it. <laughs> I've seen you quite a few times where you know you're going to decline someone, and you're just like, I really don't want to do this right now. No, I don't. In fact, um, a lot of times, we actually have five people that are in charge of interviewing people. But when it comes to face to face declines, these other four amazing volunteers always ask me to do it um, because I'm, you know, I am the jerk of the outfit. Um, you know, again, I don't want to be. But someone's You're so good be. at it. I am. I don't want to be good at it. I feel like that uh, the the hockey player, you know, bruiser that beats up people all the time and says he doesn't really want to do it, <laughs> but he looks like he wants to do it, right? Uh, really, honestly, I don't. I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't. Um, you know, over the years, there's been a couple of exceptions where it was kind of sweet to say no to these people, but that's super rare. That's super rare. And you have to do it in a way where you, it's like ripping off the band aid. If you if if your approach is soft, they're not going to get it. Well, I watched you quite a few times um, talk to prospective fosters or adoptees, and you do tend to try to talk them out of it for the most part because you really want to see, you know, this is how it's going to be. These are all the negatives. Do you still want to do this? That's a good point. And and I actually, when I interview people that want to adopt, my approach is, I don't think you should have a dog until you explain to me why, you know, you're ready, and um. And I make them convince me that they're ready to have a dog. And a lot of the times it's done in reverse. And I've learned that it just doesn't work that way. You know, a lot of people that interview um, prospective adopters, they do it the opposite way where, okay, everyone should have a dog. Um, How many dogs can you have? Yeah. Yeah. And, Take three. Right. Right. Um, I mean, I get it. It's, it's over, look, this is overwhelming. We're trying to adopt dogs. Um, I don't want to get too serious, but you know, there's hundreds of dogs that die every day, and it's overwhelming. And we we try to adopt a dog out because every time we adopt a dog out, we can go save another. We try to make the process easy, but at the same time, if we make it too easy, we're going to get that dog back, um, and that puts our program in jeopardy when we get a dog back. Oh, to wrap it up, we're talking about um, what the day to day is like when it comes to taking care of your dog we're talking about walks we're talking about do you have enough time for it as a priority um there's nothing wrong I, I think what we're saying is there's nothing wrong if you can't make it work but in that case you probably shouldn't be a dog owner correct so it sounds like the ideal is twice a day as far as walks go the minimum yeah the minimum is is get your biscuit out there twice a day with your dog and work your dog you know i mean it you want your dog focused on you. That's how a dog becomes tired. It's not the physical aspect of the dog walk. It's the fact that dog has to stay focused on on you for 30 minutes twice a day. So it sounds like what you're really looking for is mental fatigue. Right. And Exactly. Especially if your dog's been tied up inside all day. Right. And then the other part is, you, you know, the dog needs to run as well. So 
the run is is the fun stuff. You know, fetch. Let them loose in that big backyard. Fri- yeah, frisbee. <laughs> exactly. Um, but minimum, they have to be walked twice a day in this militant fashion. Not easy. All right, anything else you want to say about walks before we take a break? No. Break away, baby. <laughs> All right, we'll All be right. back, folks. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in and listening for The Love of Dog by The Little Red Dog. Um, just a reminder, please review and subscribe, and to donate so that we can continue saving dogs throughout Orange County, please visit thelittlereddog.com. So when you're adopting, you want to look at the important things. You want to look at, you know, is the dog cute? <laughs> is it the breed I want? Is it the size I want? And I'm hearing a lot people um, not adopting but buying from breeders because they want a specific breed. And more specifically, they feel like any dog they get from a rescue or a shelter is just kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, messed up yeah. <laughs> beyond repair. Right. That's common. And it, it blows my mind. I always tell people the dog doesn't know if it was, you know, bred to be or a rescue dog. You know, the dog doesn't understand. Well, I mean, rescue dogs often are abused and um, are left out or dropped. I mean, are they damaged? Are they messed up? Can they not be, can they not become dogs that are safe, friendly can cohabitate with the family. <laughs> well, it you know it's funny. People that have never uh, rescued a dog before, I think, in their minds that yeah, they're you know they're uh, taking on a a problem child. In other words, you know, a broken soul. And that's I'm not saying that we don't run across dogs that you know have a horrible past. But luckily for humans, dogs just don't hold on. <laughs> to that bad energy for very long. Well, we've talked about it before. I mean, it's going to take any dog some time to acclimate some right. more than others. Right. So what about when you do have a dog that's scared or you do have a dog that's, um, you know, been poorly treated? How is that dog going to react when it comes home? Well, it, it boils down to partly genetics and partly how disciplined and calm and confident and patient the family is. Um, you know, 199 times out of 200 any dog in a shelter in that right environment that I'm talking about, you know, patient, disciplined, that dog will be amazing. Um, and, and it all boils down to how long has the dog not had a good human? The longer the dog goes without a good human, the more difficult it is to get the dog to understand that the human has your back. And what, what do I mean by a bad human? I don't, I don't mean someone who's you know, beating the dog. I don't mean someone that, you know, has has uh, made the dog you know, go into dog fighting rings. You know, people don't understand that's kind of a rare thing. 
all the dogs pretty much that wind up in shelters, they're there because of a lack of discipline and a lack of structure. And the dog can't handle that. I mean, humans can't handle that. You know, human beings have to have structure. Um, once the dog ex experiences structure and discipline from the human, the dog will be amazing. And it doesn't matter what the breed is. But again, the longer the dog has to go without this environment, the more difficult it's going to be. You know, a dog that's been on its own for eight years is going to be more difficult to get it through the dog's head that, hey, I've got your back. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I mean, I think people who uh, purchase dogs from breeders think that the dog's going to be perfect when it comes home, and that's not true either. No, no, it's the same problem. I, you know, if you get a dog from a breeder, it's the same thing. You know, and, and you know, 5% of the dogs that we rescue are, are, are you know, purebred dogs. Right. And they're there because, again, there was no structure when the people shelled out 15, 2,500 bucks um, to get this dog. You know, they just, to them, it's getting a really cool car. <laughs> you know, it wasn't a soul that needs structure. Again, structure, discipline, exercise, love, and then love. Love's always last, you know. Do you notice that we get a surge of dogs a couple of years after there's kind of a peak in a certain breed's popularity? Oh, like, I think last year we were seeing absolutely. a lot of French bulldogs, and now <laughs> I'm noticing more and more that they're appearing in shelters, and we've got a few for adoption right now, I believe. Yeah, and, you know, I always I blame, like, Paris Hilton on the whole Chihuahua thing, you know, where the Chihuahuas were going Because now we're first. stuck with the Chihuahua. <laughs> we are. <laughs> But we make that Chihuahua work, don't we? I mean, we we make him. He's got to walk like all the other dogs. He's got to play fetch like all the other dogs. We don't put him in a purse. Make him work for that affection. That's right. And, <laughs> and people don't understand Chihuahuas. They're little athletes, man. Yeah, he does. He, he does is man. <laughs> There's no way. And if you want, you know what? If you put Nigel in a purse, that's not going to go well. You know, he needs to go out and be a dog. And and um, I I blame. That celebrity, you know, BS back in the day, putting your little dog in your purse. But you're not letting the dog be a dog. And you're right about the French Bulldog, same thing. One of the dogs we'll have to do next year in the bracket is the Taco Bell Chihuahua. <laughs> did that dog have a name? It did. What was the dog's name? I don't remember. Okay, please email me if anyone knows the answer to that question. Steve at thelittlereddog.com. We also need a researcher that can sit here live with us and look all this up while we're talking about it. All right, well, before we wrap up, um, related to our conversation earlier about adopting, um, having enough time for the dog, having making the dog a priority, uh, we've found this great review of which the <laughs> dog has many. Um, this is from Troy in Laguna Hills, California. Who is this has, on Yelp? This is on Yelp. Okay. Yeah, sorry, this is on Yelp. Uh, Troy has six friends. Nice. Popular. A, popular guy. <laughs> it's more friends than I have. I didn't know you could have friends on Yelp. <laughs> I didn't know that either, quite frankly. All right, uh, so Troy's uh, review starts off with, This place is garbage. Steve is a real POS. <laughs> I had an encounter with Steve today, 1 slash 26 at PetSmart in Lake Forest. We were shopping and my fiancé and I saw dogs <laughs> for adoption. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have recently been looking for a friend for our two-year-old English bulldog. First thing Steve says was, You want this dog? Well, let me do your voice better. You want this dog? <laughs> He's a, little... a bad listener. Of course he is. Literally, Ernest is just a puppy. 
I think Ernest is the dog's name. Yes. Steve then tried to talk to me as if I were a child due to me being 27. 27. Did you talk to him like he was a child? Well, what people don't understand at these events, we have uh, little signals for each other. Why didn't you give this person what he wanted right away? Well, exactly. He's doing you a favor by adopting this dog. (laughs) Um, Well, again, we've got about five amazing volunteers that are pretty much full-time employees, but they're volunteers because these poor people don't get paid. But at the events, they're also in charge of interviewing people. And we have code signals, like in baseball, that we give each other. Um, are like, you sure you want people to know? That, yes, like, yes, because they'll never know. <laughs> they'll never know the codes. I'm not going to show them or tell them the codes. But we have a code. And so this one um, awesome individual, Kelly, was interviewing, uh, what was this idiot's name again? Troy. Troy. Six friends. Six friends Troy. Six, six friends Troy. Six friends Troy. Nice. Anyway, Kelly was inter- interviewing this guy. And I'm often called in to get rid of people because they're being rude to the staff member or, or yes. And, um, this person was being very rude to Kelly and it was obvious that there's no way this guy's going to get a dog, but Kelly being the extremely awesome, sweet soul that she is, um, doesn't have the heart to get rid of these people. So I got the high sign. So I know immediately these people have got to go. Um, and this is one of the few times that I actually did enjoy getting rid of this guy because this guy was very disrespectful, uh, rude. Um, I think, you know, he keeps mentioning how much in, in the review, if you go on, he keeps mentioning how much money he makes. There's more? Oh, yeah. I just, I, I, yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's really into himself. There's no way this guy was getting a dog. He sounds he, like a cool guy. He, 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 no dog knowledge, anything like that. So I got rid of him quickly. In a very rude way, and that's why I'm a POS. When and you that, say dog knowledge, did you find out that uh, what he was calling an English bulldog was actually a cat? <laughs> well, again, I mean, he didn't. He doesn't have any. He didn't have any discipline. He's. I mean, 27. I understand. When I was 27, I thought that I knew everything, and there was no reason for anyone to tell me anything about life. Um, now that I'm. You know, much older than that, fifty-six. I understand that when you're twenty-seven, in a lot of ways, you're you're just a, a baby, and I mean that in a good way. I don't mean so you're childish. asking. You were asking the usual questions. Yes. You're asking discipline first, right? You right, were asking right, right. him about um, behavior, asking him about routine as far as right. walking and discipline, right? And it sounds like he was dismissive and not really right. And and this guy was never going to get a dog, but he didn't know that because I got the high sign from Kelly. So at that point, my job is to get rid of this guy quickly. Um, because again, if you don't rip off the band-aid, they linger. Um, and you know, it's like, you know, it's like the guy trying to get the, the beautiful girl to date him and there's no way. And he keeps lingering and lingering, right? It's, it's the same thing. I've got to get these people out of here. Um, and, and I get a bad review. <laughs> so had this guy, you know, regardless of age, regardless of having another young dog, had he come in and, you know, been engaged, he answered the questions, you know, the in a way that you were looking for, had he had he really had a routine for his dog, you probably would have adopted adopted to him. Absolutely, and then I wouldn't have. Kelly would have adopted to him, and Kelly would have never given me the high sign. And six friends, Troy would have left a very different review. Six friends, Troy would have been happy, right? <laughs> and, and you know what? Um, I have no problem with the bad reviews, and I and I find them very funny, and I actually enjoy reading them. In fact, if this guy. Um, says at the end of his review that he's going to ruin the little red dog and he's got friends in high places. 
Troy, if you're listening, go ahead and shoot us an email at sean at doubletherid.com. Um, and gosh, we're still in business. But again, people don't understand that dogs are our clients, not the humans. If you don't hear us for episode four, you know what happened. <laughs> he got he, he finally he got, got us. rid of us. Six friends. Six friends. It's a long game. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, that about wraps it up for our Easter episode. I'm your host, Sean. Uh, please review and subscribe to For the Love of Dog by The Little Red Dog. Um, please donate at thelittlereddog.com so that we can continue saving dogs throughout California. That's another one of the books, For the Love of Dog. Anything else, Steve? No, thank you so much, Sean. Happy Easter to you, buddy. All right, guys. See you next week. Bye.